Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter Listeners, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 149 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. We are also joined today by two very special guests and friends of the pod, Bradford William Davis. Hello, Bradford. Yo. And uh, Dr. Meredith Wills. Hello, Meredith. Hey. Um, as you all know, uh, Bradford is an investigative journalist at Insider, and Dr. Meredith Wills is an astrophysicist and expert baseball dissector. Um, welcome to you both to the show. Welcome back. <laughs> we keep having to have you back, but we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I look forward to a year when it'll just be fun. Just be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hi, how's stuff going? Well, we could just talk about like whatever baseball stuff, like you Pretty know, much, yeah. what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Um, I will preface this all by saying we promise listeners we will talk about Carlos Correa. <laughs> we haven't recorded since the whole Carlos Correa drama began. Um, and we will talk about that probably next week, sometime after that resolves. But we don't really have a resolution to that at this point. So it's probably just as well. I am sure that something will break just as soon as we finish recording. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we have Bradford and Meredith here. And since we have Bradford and Meredith here, you guys probably already know what that means. 
something's up with the baseballs. <laughs> and this time it is more wild than ever. Um, if you haven't already read Bradford's piece from earlier this month in, on Insider based on Meredith's, Meredith's research and Bradford's reporting, please go and give that a read. Uh, we will link the piece in our tweets and show notes, uh, but we're here to give you sort of a TLDR on the whole thing. Um, so uh, we'll start with this. Uh, in the past, you found that Major League Baseball used two different baseballs concurrently during the 2021 season. Uh, we had a whole show about that. Y'all should go back and listen to it. Um, but in 2022, you found that there were three distinct baseballs. So tell us more about that um, and kind of what what you found. I guess we'll start with Bradford first and then Meredith, you can jump in. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you may recall from last year's story around the same time last year, early December, we uh, did a lot of research and reporting and found um, two baseballs um, with distinctive properties, different, different construction, distinctive constructions, you know, one heavier than the other with the way the major league baseball adjusts its baseballs heavier basically uh, means that it expects the, that the league expects the ball to travel further. And that's based on, you know, not just, you know, um, physics, but also, you know, even some of their internal lab testing, which they have, you know, shared with some of their teams and everything. Um, not necessarily some teams, their teams. Uh, anyway, so we found both this, you know, this juice ball and this light ball. Um, that was the second straight year that we had found at that time. Uh, and uh, the league said that, yeah, we did it. We had two baseballs. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen again. <laughs> that is the uh, basic summary of, of, of the response to us when we came out with the last year's article. Um, Manfred even doubled down on that um, during the All-Star game this year it's in in, uh, in L.A. Because uh, I asked him about that and, you know, what was going on. Um, but uh, we had already seen at least some of the juice ball by the time that he had mentioned he doubled down once again. That there was just, you know, one ball. Um, and uh, then... Right around that time, we started seeing a new ball um, <laughs> uh, that or at least evidence of a new ball, right, of a, of a, you know, that was weighted about a gram heavier than that, that are, than that lighter and ostensibly deader baseball. Uh, it, you know, just like using the same methodology as, as last year, um, which, you know, not just looks at not, not only looks at weights and, and the, um, the, you know, the, the weights and the uh, various layers that, that compose a baseball. Uh, we found that they were uh, produced in specific weeks. So like, you know, ball A being produced in, you know, in one week, ball B in another week, ball C in yet another week. So this ball C, um, you know, was only being, you know, you know, we found distinctive production weeks that didn't overlap with, you know, uh, the other baseballs that we had found so far. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that and then quite interestingly, like the, the the ball in our within our sample, which is our largest sample ever, about I don't know, married about 20 204. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 20% but, but yeah. more than last year. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Or 20, 25% more than last year. Right. And also included the postseason. Well, last year didn't include the postseason. Um, 22, 22 different parks, I want to say. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we, you know, we don't, in that sample, we only found these balls basically at in during the playoffs. Um, balls with regular season balls with commemorative stamps. So like, for example, the Texas Rangers had their 50th anniversary. So we found me balls like that, or the angels had a celebrated their 20th anniversary winning the world series in 02. Uh, we found a couple of uh, balls of like commemorative stamps, you know, like, like those that, you know, that were, that matched this new 
sort of ball weight and, and, and methodology we've got, or process rather, manufacturing process. And then um, finally, um, we found them um, at Yankees games. <laughs> you know, ball was sent to Yankee Stadium. You know, we're, we're also matching this. And so uh, the only, that was the only, and the only place we found in a regular season that didn't have a special stamp on it were, were Yankees games. Oh, I'm also reading the All-Star game and Home Run Derby as well. Those also were, you know, uh, a few of those, you know, showed up at this, this new ball. Well, sorry and, to interrupt, um, but is, to be clear, it's just Yankees home games or Yankee games, wherever they, they, they we, we found them. Uh, well, I guess one thing to be clear about was that we found a lot of leftover 2021s, which isn't really that surprising because starting with the, the pandemic year, you know, when they only played 60 games, there's really, it's not unsurprising that we would have uh leftover baseballs both last year and this year because you know they had most of a season's worth they never got used so you know like last year when we had leftover 2020s this year we had leftover 2021s so when we talk about having the live ball being used this season they were just leftover 2021 baseballs they weren't made this season um with that that new kind of ball you know we're, we're talking about it as as a third but I guess in my mind, it's that, you know, the third in this case is kind of the leftovers of, of that, that live ball. And then they made two kinds of baseballs again, this being the third season in a row where we've had that. It's just that the, the second ball was made to different specifications than the, the previous So like before it was the, what we think of as the live ball was just like the normal baseball before 2020 you know every ball we've had up until they started tr- making two in 2020 was made to these same internal specs then they started making this dead ball this year both of the balls were new kinds of specs from you know anything we had before 2019 except we had the dead ball and then we had this new new kind of ball that we hadn't seen before and when Bradford's talking about having um you know all being made in the same week, the same week. It's, it's actually more than just that, which is one of the reasons that I'm confident in having found what I did. It's we're seeing multiple weeks at a time when we found this ball. Um, And in particular, like the last third of production for like the 12 months we would have had of 2022 production is this third is this new kind of ball. So, I mean, it's not like it's just here and there. It's like literally months of production. So. So keep going, Bradford. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I kind of derailed there. My bad. No, no, you did not. Not at all. Um, So, yeah, no, we, we, yeah, we, so we only, so, so the, the, the point I guess I'm bringing, I'm trying to get to is just this, is that while last year when we found the multiple baseballs, we found them kind of scattered within our sample. There was no like, any sort of pattern, any signal within the noise this year, there was, which is again, they showed up in, you know, special circumstances, the postseason, you know, these uh, commemorative baseballs that teams have. Um, and, uh, and then just the only ones that were unstamped and have any sort of stamp on them, uh, any sort of a commemorative stamp, I should say, um, during the regular season that we found were uh, Yankees games. And, uh, and those are balls sent, those are balls to be clear, balls sent to Yankee stadium. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm glad you asked that question. Cause it's a, it's a, important one because uh you know what is you know yankees game could mean you know like you know the yankees playing yankee stadium against the tigers right Mm -hmm. you know but it could also mean them at comerica you know that's also a yankees game sort of right but um but what you know but what we mean is that the is that 
every, you know, is that based on what we understand of, of uh, baseball logistics and, you know, some, some reporting I did to supplement it as well, you know, every ball that we found was sent to Yankee Stadium. Every, every Goldilocks ball that every, every new ball that we found that was, you know, that special weight and special production, you know, mm-hmm. you know about oh, the yeah. And it process. hasn't come up yet, but obviously we're calling the, the new yes, balls the yeah. Goldilocks mm-hmm. ball. Yeah, yeah, we haven't, <laughs> That's yeah. all right. Uh, but yeah, no, so that, yeah, they were all, they were all found, um, you know, uh, connected to, you know, balls in the Yankee stadium. So. So now I love the name, the Goldilocks ball. Who does the credit go to? Cause I think that's a genius name for it. So. Meredith came up with it, but I would, but I kind of want to give like sort of a antecedent like credit to Ruth Capelis. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Ruth. So back in April, Ruth. so back in April, um, when she I was predicted it without realizing it, That's yeah. what's um, <laughs> I, I was, you know, I was, right before the article was coming, I was just kind of looking through, you know, tweets that, you, that Meredith and I had about the baseball just to kind of see, see if there's anything I'm forgetting as I was like writing my draft. And I found that she had said, uh, you know, MLB is trying to Goldilocks the season. And oh. that must have like <laughs> stuck in our head somehow <laughs> and found its way into what we end up, you know, nicknaming this new third ball. Yeah. Uh, but why Goldilocks? Because, you know, too hot. And, you know, like just like the, just like the, the porridge of Goldilocks eight, right? Not too hot, not too cold, just right. <laughs> this ball yeah. is weighted sort of in the middle between the, the heavier juice ball and the lighter dead ball not too you know so not too heavy not too light just right yeah what what i what i remember was that that sort of hearing a a, a mishearing i guess a description from somebody about the 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 nature of the manufacturing specifications i mean and this this actually tracks back pretty strongly to how mlb described that dead ball is being made because the dead ball is it's two and a half grams lighter than the previous live ball and specifically, the reason that that's done is because there's less yarn inside. Therefore, the ball is wound more loosely because the sizes are the same. And being wound more loosely, it just ends up squishing against the bat more. So it's dead or off the bat. And that was sort of the point of deadening the ball. That was like what they were predicting would happen. So with the Goldilocks ball, because it's it's not just that it's a gram heavier, it's that it's a gram particularly in one of the yarn layers that's heavier. And the size is still the same. So the only way you can do that is by having wound the yarn more tightly than the dead ball. Hence, it would come off the bat, you know, harder than the dead ball. So I had misheard, I guess, some, what somebody had said about the idea of kind of splitting the difference and heard something that came off as like not too juice, not too dead, which was not what was said. But so I went back and checked. It's like, well, but by then it was like stuck in my head as Goldilocks. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if Ruth had, I don't actually remember the tweet being out there, but I'm happy to give her credit. <laughs> now, I'm curious. Did you notice anything different as you were watching the games? Or did you have any expectations going in when you were when you were testing the balls? Or do you just test the balls now because this is what's been happening the past few years and now you just have to always test the balls well honestly uh, now i'm going to be in a position to to have to go through a season's worth of baseballs until it's very clear that we get a season's worth of all being the same kind of baseball Mm -hmm. and that's which means unfortunately i got to get through all of 2023 now 
or, you know, before, like, I'll, I'll even have an idea of what's going on. So it's like, every time we have a story, it means, damn, I got to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going on three, we're going on three years, three straight years of Meredith has found multiple baseballs in the field of play. Like, three. Yes. like, it's almost yeah, like this is, this is, this is your, this 2022 was the third year, which is nuts. Like, like Sp- Stephanie Epstein sports illustrated story also found mm-hmm. <laughs> to the, the same juice and light ball of 2021 and 2022, you know, like mm-hmm. with like the same, you know, so the same joint. The only thing that's the thing that's new this year is just this third one and also the pattern which you found the third one. But yeah, yeah. so it's 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 it's, a, it's three years. So I, I kind of see it mm-hmm. now as from a journalistically as sort of a watchdog mm-hmm. project as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it's definitely that. Yeah. So on that note, Bradford, uh, we we all, you already alluded to a little bit that um, the major thing that's different in addition to the presence of this third Goldilocks ball is the pattern of where you found the Goldilocks ball. You found it at the All-Star game at the Home Run Derby, these special commemorative balls, and also at Yankees games. Um, And, you know, a certain Yankees player was chasing a certain record uh, during this season. Uh, So that is, you know, I think it's interesting to a lot of observers uh, of this phenomenon. Um, So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about, like, sort of the implications of that, and if we like think that the league is trying to put its thumb on the scale or like because obviously folks are going to jump right to, well, the league is doing this on purpose. Um, and so can we can you talk a little bit more about that and what your thoughts are on that? Sure. So I think the oblig- first obligatory disclaimer is Aaron Judge is a beast. Um, oh, yes. Of yes. Course. yes. He's, he's, <laughs> We're he's not great, taking anything. He's, a, he's a great he's a great home run hitter, you know. And I only say this, you know, as a sort of obligatory disclaimer is because, you know, as social media blew up on this, you know, a lot of Astros fans were like, aha, see, they're just as nasty as we are. Like, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, guys, um, you know, I obviously them. Aaron Judge asked them for all those. Hey, and let's see, like, yeah, we don't have that memo yet. You know, um, <laughs> though, you know, though, I also understand that I do understand Astros fans point about like sort of the uh, uh, at least based on just what we found, like the sort of systemic nature of, you know, what appears to be, you know, what, what could certainly appear to be like, you know, a scheme, you know, rather than just kind of like, you know, picking on one team. I get, I get where they're coming from with that. But anyway, um, with that said, look, um, what, what we know is that, you know, is that major league baseball does have full control over, over where baseballs are sent. Um, we, you know, we know that we have a lar- the largest sample that we've ever had when studying this stuff using the same methodology that we did, did the last few years that MLB didn't dispute until, you know, this year, actually. <laughs> um, and, um, and that like, you know, we, you know, um, like with, with, so, so within, within our, within our sample, you know, which is of course not perfectly representative. So we don't, you know, we don't know every single team's, you know, baseball situation, you know, um, but uh, you know, it, it is, you know, I, it was at the very least for me as a journalist notable, you know, that uh, the only times we found baseballs that were not um, stamped in a special way, which I guess indicates earmarked for a specific purpose, you know, like the commemorative baseballs that are all all-star game or the world series. And we're also, we're not in the postseason, which is also kind of like, you know, a, uh, you know, a special purpose. The only time we found it were at Yankees games, you know, like that was, that was, you know, that certainly was notable, like, because, uh, like, you know, every like almost every other baseball that we got during the regular season was dead. Like all of yeah. them. You know? And the only one, one know, thing um, sorry, sorry, on earth. I was gonna say one one thing that's I guess maybe interesting with, with this year worth keeping in mind is that because of the humidors being brought in, 
MLB has much more direct control over baseballs and particularly baseball usage than at any year previously, because every humidor, you know, every team has a humidor and the same person who it's, it's called a game compliance monitor, uh, who in the past would have, the position was originally created, ironically, because of the Astros to check for electronic science dealing. Um, now that person's job includes essentially taking balls in and out of the hum- or out of the humidor and supplying them for games. And so even to the point of like when they're rubbed up, they're not even being saved for the following game. They have to use that game or just not in a game at all. So there's a lot of much more direct control because the game compliance monitor is an MLB employee. They don't work for the team. Um, and in addition to that, uh, you know, there are people who will talk about, you know, not a huge number of baseballs because yes, 1.2 million. I agree. That's, that's a huge number, but because of the way they're supplied, um, teams are only getting, you know, one or two batches or like fitting my batch codes um, a month, really. And so I was actually able to get really, really good coverage for what we're seeing. And um, not only that, but the balls that are that are being used, you know, starting in 2019, this was actually announced at the winter meetings, you know, in, in the 2019 or excuse me, I guess starting in 2020, sorry. So 2019 winter meetings um, that people who were supplying or who were putting the baseballs in for games actually had to be su- supplying back to MLB which balls were being used. And there are actually inventory numbers that are you know associated with those balls as well, not just the batch codes on the inside. So MLB has been keeping track of which balls are being used in which games since 2020 regardless. So it's now just a question of, you know, we're, we're seeing kind of more targeted distribution, but they've always had an idea, or I shouldn't say always, over the last three years, they've had an idea of, of where balls are going and what games are being used in. So it shouldn't be that surprising. Right. And Meredith, you're sort of uh, anticipating the our next question here, which is that, like, what is your response to folks who obviously we, we've talked about how, you know, it's it's your largest sample yet still obviously a, a small, small percentage of the overall number of balls that are used in a season. But, um, you know, that you can get good coverage based on these like batches that are sent out. So, like, mm-hmm. what is your sort of response to folks who say that this is somehow like there is some sort of bias in your methods or due to some sort of batch effect or and not due to a real phenomenon that's happening? Well, I mean, the, certainly the, the difference that I found, which it's most easily shown as this one gram weight difference, um, but it's one gram increase in weight in the outermost layer of yarn. So it's only in a single layer of yarn. Interestingly enough, when they deadened the ball, there was changes to two layers, one of which was the inner layer, which was substantially lighter, three and a half grams lighter. But that outer layer had a one gram increase in weight then. So this is literally another one gram increase in a layer where previously they'd already increased it by a gram. So it's like, we've seen (laughs) them do that before. Exactly. Um, Not to mention the fact that when the, the KBO, like, and they did this on the record very publicly, uh, deadened their baseball, one of the things that was a requirement from the manufacturer 
was that it was expected to have a one gram increase in weight. Now, Rawlings has made it very clear that they make the best, most consistent baseball in the world. So I would hope that if Skyline, which manufactures for the KBO, can do a one gram increase in weight and, and confidently say that's what they're doing, hopefully Rawlings can do that too and not feel like that's somehow an uncertainty in how the balls are manufactured. You know, I'm not finding it as an uncertainty. Like there really is a statistically significant difference. And as far as like the, the batches themselves, like I said, it's not like we're just finding an isolated week. We've got consecutive weeks of these balls being made. And so like when, when the visuals are being shown, for instance, if there's one uh, first visual in the, um, the article, the reason that we've got these balls separated into, you know, the, the live dead and Goldilocks is that, um, it's not just the weights. It's like literally, hi, here are the weeks in which the production weeks in which these balls are being made. And everything that's in the Goldilocks one is from a Goldilocks production week. Wow. Right, right, which, right. Which we then, let's see, you sort of start by finding, okay, we're finding these Goldilocks balls in these periods. And then by the time you've got a few for that week, you know, you just, it's like, I'm starting from the assumption that they only make one kind of baseball during a given production week. And so- that's then where the definition starts to come in. And right. you know, even, even for like the, the, the numbers, you know, for people saying, okay, well, coverage is a problem. Well, first of all, these Goldilocks balls, like I said, they're, I had a, a, a surprising number of batch coats because of the postseason in particular, they just used a lot of them. Mm, um, yeah. So I've got, you know, I'm trying to think how many weeks it's, it's, it's the most of, you know, the last four months of, of manufacturing. That's a lot of weeks in there, you know? It's, it's, I've got most of that, that you know, 16 weeks, frankly. Um, and just not to mention the fact that the number that we had, you know, 36 doesn't sound like a lot, but that's like what, 15, 17% of the sample? That's actually a really big percentage. You know, that's more baseballs total just for that than I had for like my first study. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's comparable to the number I had for my second study. Come on, really? You know, pick one. Yeah. Yeah. And just, so just to clarify something that you, you already, you already said, but I just want to clarify sure. it to make sure, sure people understand. So you are not finding any variation within production weeks. Nope. You are only finding variation. Like they, they their production week a, Mm -hmm. Goldilocks production week B dead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, even then having like a single week on its own is not something like, you know, because what, what I did find was that for instance, for 2021, when they were making the live balls, um, they did eventually get to like, they'd make like three weeks of them at a time and then they'd switch back. So I had one period like that. And then I had, you know, this four month period. So with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This might be my ignorance showing, but like, we all know the deflate gate scandal with football and the Patriots and everything. Like, they have a standard football that everybody has to use. Why are the specs for baseball a range instead of one standard so that you can get these deviations but still be legal baseballs? And then you have like the KBL using a different baseball. And then I know the last time you were here, we talked about the Olympics ball and how everybody loved this Olympics ball and how this was like the best baseball. Is it just because of the different manufacturers? Is it because of the material that you can't have one standard baseball across the board? Well, I mean, the, the, they're, they're, the Olympic ball actually uses very different production techniques. Okay. manufacturing itself is different. I, I, it's an awesome, frankly, it's, it's a, it, you can tell it's sort of a more advanced method than Rawlings uses. Rawlings, I can take balls apart that are decades old and they use exactly the same manufacturing that I'm seeing like this year. Um, but as far as specs, um, these fit the, what the specification is in rule 3.01, which as far as I know, hasn't really changed in I guess maybe it's less than a hundred years now, but I'm not sure. It might be, it might be like on the order of a hundred years. It's a, so they, it's pretty broad. Yeah. So why is it that broad range? Why can't they just come up with one specific number and be like, okay, this is it. This is what we're agreeing to. Let's just keep that. I mean, they do come up with specific, with, with uh, sp- specific numbers for their target weights, you know? I mean, okay. that like that's that was clear with, you know, when MLB sent out the memo last year for the dead ball uh, for the, you know, what we're, you know, codenamed dead ball, I guess. Right. But, you know, the lighter ball, um, they gave a range. Of a, you can call it a dead ball. Yeah. Even they've called it a dead ball. Yeah. All right. So whatever. So dead ball. They, they, you, you know, they, they, they had a, you know, they had a, um, you know, a, a spec, you know, for for that. Uh, the problem, you know, but I guess what they, but they, what they also have is they have a broad sort of rule for what a baseball can be, a legal baseball can be, and a lot of room to play within that. So, I mean, to give them, I, I guess, a charitable read on all this, I think it's very, I think it's okay for the league to want to try and design a ball that produces the best, most aesthetically pleasing version of baseball. Like, I think it's fine. I'm pretty mm-hmm. agnostic, honestly, to that, you know. Um, and I can imagine someone saying, you know, looking at 2019 where every single person was a cleanup hitter, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and a lot of us got tricked <laughs> thinking some good players are bad, you know, and a lot of pitchers, you know, had horrible years too. And, you know, um, or seemingly horrible years, um, you know, they're saying, okay, well, you know what, maybe we need more balls in play. Maybe we need more stolen bases. Maybe we need more, you know, uh, more uh, emphasis on defense, et cetera. And you can't do that if you have everything flying out of the park. Um and so, like, you know, to, for, to use one example of how, like, having a broad rule can be beneficial here, I think the problem, of course, is having multiple sort of targets <laughs> that get borne out in the productions, production that, that shows up in, in the research that we do. Um, 
And that's like, you know, that to me is what is problematic, you know, problematic because they will not stick to a uh, stick to whatever sort of target weight is for the, you know, for, for entire season, nor will they inform apparently anyone. One of the problems with this actually is that, and I, because this is becoming normalized, we don't realize it, even, even with like 2019, the only thing that was different about that ball was basically they threw them in a tremble dryer at the end. Up until that, it was made exactly the same as every single other ball. And frankly, every single other ball that's been made for decades and decades going back. So they're not, you know, maybe a good way to think of that rule is, well, people will use the term specs, but it's more like tolerances, you know, minimum weight, maximum weight. And so, for instance, when you hear MLB refer to how the balls are, quote, within spec, mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a canard because any ball that's not within spec is actually breaking the rules. So of course every ball that you should see in play should be within spec or it's a problem, you know. But the idea that somehow we're having these subtle differences internally, which you know clearly Rawlings can can make those changes, you know, they're doing it, even even if you then hear, um, even if they then make statements that make it sound like, oh, yeah, that somehow one gram is is should be like their error bars. But uh, no, not really. But they've only actually started playing with it and playing with it secretly. Since they started 2020 manufacturing in the fall of 2019. So this is like a totally new thing that we still really haven't wrapped our heads around i mean i still don't know why they keep making two baseballs why aren't they just switching over to one kind such that they have all of one kind for a season you know when i talk about a third of production for that goldilocks ball there's no way they could have gotten through if it had just been 2022 production they could not have gotten through 2022 with just a dead ball it wouldn't have been there i mean maybe with leftovers they could have done it but the idea of being there somehow and and you had, again, that much of a percentage when you had this dead ball being introduced with the live and the dead for 2020 and 2021. It, it's two balls seems to be the point. And, and we're, we're, we're really, we're like off the map with this. Sorry, end of rant off of soapbox. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a combination of lack of transparency uh, about this. The fact that it's, you know, concurrent within the same season, these different types of balls rather than like variation between seasons and the non-random distribution <laughs> of the different types of balls. Like the, the, this is like a threefold or like a, uh, what, what do you call it? Like a three-headed Medusa problem, I guess, yeah. is what you, is what you could say about it. But, one, yeah. one thing that's probably also worth bringing up is that while we have, you know, everything that I found with the Goldilocks balls, that's, you know, that's like a boring MLB stamp during the regular season, they all track back to the Yankees. Um, That does not mean that they were not in other places. I do not, for instance, have, um, I guess first I should say, I only found those Goldilocks balls being used by the Yankees in the second half. It was all after the All-Star break. I do not have any balls from the Cardinals for the second half. I know that's one that's been thrown out there. If anybody wants to send me Cardinals baseballs, that would be awesome. But if people are going to raise questions, you know, there might be other teams. There might be other teams anyway. You know, it's possible. But 
all I have right now tracks back to the Yankees. And there are an, uh, there's an awful lot of coverage for tracking back to the Yankees and not tracking back to anyone else. No. So what has the league's response been to this? Can you talk about it? We know you've mentioned that a player got a warning or a threat, if you will, um, for trying to help you guys uh, get your hands on baseballs. Like you said, you have, you've, well, you, you didn't get every team, but you got a good bat. You got, you know, the most you've ever gotten. So can you just talk a little bit to maybe how you got the baseballs and what the league's response has been to this whole um, article coming to light. So uh, MLB uh, in their statement, which again, you can read in full in you know, an article, they denied kind of everything we found. Um, they said that, you know, we, they, they've only, they're only making one baseball um, and, uh, and only using one baseball. Um, you know, the commissioner said that, that 2021 was a one-time thing. He said that in the winter meetings, I didn't make the article, but just, you know, a conversation I had with him, um, you know, that's, that has been the league sort of response. And they, um, they even denied, you know, the, uh, the older, you know, juice ball that we found, you know, that had been, that had been circulating for the last couple of years that, you know, that still showed up a little bit, even if they were just, you know, um, even if they were just leftovers, um, but uh, yeah, that was that was that was the response. Um, one of the things that was I found pretty interesting about it was that they used um, they 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 brought two of their researchers um, to provide a public uh, provide a, you know sort of on the record statements about the research they had done on on the baseball in 2022. And both both the researchers, one at their partner lab at University of Massachusetts, and the other at their partner lab at uh, uh, University of Washington. Both said that, uh, you know, like based on what we found, only one baseball. <laughs> um, I was curious about, about the statements because, again, you can read them, but they, you know, they felt kind of vague to me, to be honest. And so I asked for a little more clarification on, on the methodology that they were using. One person uh, did not pick up, but one did. The researcher at University of Massachusetts, I believe his name is Patrick Drain. But, uh, and and uh, Pat was actually very amicable and helpful where he could be, but he said that he couldn't provide um, any sort of uh uh, you couldn't provide, you know, um, information about like, kind of like, you know, where, you know, uh, where specifically they, you know, uh, they were testing baseballs, like what's what teams, what stadiums, et cetera. Um, but all what he was able to provide, what he, what he did, what, what he was able to tell us was that, um, oh, by the way, sorry to clarify that even at that point, uh, he wasn't able to, to share, share that because the league, cause he needed to have league partner approval. <laughs> in order to mm. share his methodology, which is, you know, not very sciencey, but whatever. <laughs> but then, um, <laughs> like, you know, uh, he did what he think he did. One thing he did confirm was that they did not study balls um, from the postseason, and that was really a problem for me because um, half of the half of the Goldilocks balls that we found were in the postseason. About half of them, like I, I think, like. Was he at 36 total, like 16 of them? <laughs> and, and most <laughs> or, most of our match coach Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- and, and and most and not only that we're, we're half of our ball, half of our Goldilocks balls from the you know, that we that we collected in total over the year for you know from the postseason, most balls we collected from the postseason were Goldilocks balls. Like, you know, almost all of them, right? And I was so, gonna say I think we only got one that was not. I, I thought it was like maybe a couple more, but like, but point, okay, but, maybe but two, point, but, but yeah, is, like, 85% or hundred percent or whatever, but point yeah. is like, it's almost all of them. Right. And so like, if that, if you're what, what they are conceding here is that they weren't studying the same data that we were studying. Um, and that's kind of important if you're going to uh, provide a on the record, apparent, you know, um, 
on, on record comment that is used by the league as a reputation. <laughs> um, and I think that that really ultimately tracks back to the league here because I don't think that actually that their that their research they did was faulty in you know in a vacuum anyway because they were you know they probably had they they studied their baseballs that they had and they found what they found. But what needs to happen is we need to see, know like what batch codes, what weeks you guys are studying, and you definitely weren't studying you know a a a month, entire month of baseball where we were finding like you know where we were consistently finding you know what, what we purport, purport to be a new ball. So like. Um, that's on, but that's on the league because, uh, you know, we told, we informed them, Hey, we're studying, we studied the regular season, the postseason, and they still, you know, <laughs> use these researchers and the, and the science that they did, they conducted knowing that, um, it wasn't representative of like, you know, of the, of the data that we were, that they were, we were looking at. And so I, I one, thought, you know, sorry. sorry. Well, one of the things also, um, and I don't know about the balls that they were supplied, uh, for for these studies, but certainly in the past, and and balls that that have been, um, you know, that that have been used for testing over and over, like UMass Lowell actually keeps sets of baseballs um, from previous years to do different kinds of comparisons over time. Um, I believe though they actually have like game box dozens, uh, which any given game box has all of one batch. Occasionally, you will find ones that cross over from like one week to the next, but you don't get like 12 different baseballs from 12 different production weeks. Part of the reason that I've gone to a lot of trouble to make sure that that I'm getting balls from all over the place is so that I'm getting good coverage for different production weeks. So I believe um, I think it was uh, Washington State had only um, was it Lloyd Smith who said he tested five dozen? Somebody said um, they tested five dozen. I forget um, I one of the two. I could, yeah, I, could, I couldn't tell you who. But, uh, but, um, but one of them did. And if, you know, if five dozen meant five game ball boxes, that's five batch codes, maybe, maybe less, depending on, on you know, how they were supplied. So I'm not, again, uh, I'm reasonably confident that their results are perfectly valid. I'm just not sure that we're, we might literally have kind of, you know, and an, I wouldn't say exactly apples to oranges comparison, but it'd be like taking one kind of apple out of, you know, the, the dozen varieties that are sold in the grocery store. Did they publish their findings anywhere? No. no. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> you can't even find the, the findings they actually got. They're all scrubbed <laughs> from the internet, it's, like the and, uh, ones from the previous studies. And I, I, I asked them, um, I, you know, like, I, like I said, I asked them to, if they can disclose any more about their methodology and everything, including like, you know, what teams, what places, or you know, when, you know, they, they received baseballs, et cetera. Um, and they said that it was, that uh, it was, pa- it was Patrick who said, um, Patrick Drain who had said that he would talk with, you know, his partners, <laughs> the league partners to see, you know, what he was allowed to disclose, but didn't feel comfortable doing that yet. And, uh, you know, I have not heard back from, from him or, or uh, Lloyd Smith as to you know whether or not they have permission with which to discuss this any further so uh that is kind of where we're at at the moment uh i uh i don't think um like i said i don't think as meredith said i don't think the science that they did was necessarily faulty in the vacuum because you know they, they studied what they studied but what they studied was not what we studied in my you know it, we also unless something's changed uh they would not have probably done destructive testing none of mlb's researchers do destructive testing that's in fact that's kind of been uh that's been a problem i've run into with frankly every previous study 
is that, you know, they'll, they'll, what they're looking at is literally not what I'm looking at at all. It has nothing to do with the actual construction itself. It's, you know, it's, it's truly just, it's, wild. It's truly wild to me for them to be like, what they found is not true to dispute that we will look at something different. <laughs> and we're not going to tell you what we looked at. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh, do you do you guys? So I know that they wouldn't tell you what teams they got teams, team teams, plural. They got the balls from and it, they and might they, not know. Right. They might not know. That's true. Do they? Do <laughs> I, you I'd think be surprised they, if they knew. Do you think that they know slash would be willing to disclose? Like, I know that they didn't study the postseason. You said that. But do you know if they know when like what it's first half, second half? Do they know like when in the season the balls came from? Hey, all I can say is they they did. They weren't uh, the, the person I spoke to was not comfortable sharing that without seeking league approval. Gotcha. Um, it it seemed like maybe he knew. But I got that's just my inference, you know. I could be, but I could be totally mistaken because again, he didn't say much, right? Right. <laughs> um, you know, and so, uh, so keep it as sterile as that. But uh, yeah, I, I so I, I was, a, you know, that's essentially the league response, which is, uh, you know, that we is that you're, you're wrong, but we're not going to tell you why. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, it, it's funny too, yo, because um, I ran into the flack at the league at the winter meetings, um, who you know was very annoyed with with me because I, uh, you know sent them this uh all these questions about a you know a uh kind of a thorn i guess a thorn in the side at this point you know <laughs> like what's going on with the baseballs. um but you know and so he was like you know sorry this is a really busy time right now we're, we're gonna get the statement uh you're very wrong <laughs> you're very okay. you know i just want you to know and i was like okay cool man be yeah. specific you know what that's like right you know when you publish something and the science and the response is you're wrong. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Reviewer number yeah. two, you're yeah, wrong. Yeah. And so and so I was like, okay. <laughs> cool. and, and and he wasn't and, and he wasn't very specific. And, and so looking forward uh, to reading your evidence. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, show your work. Yeah, show your work. Um <laughs> much, yeah. and so then um, but then there's a little bit more in response to one one was uh Rawlings as well, which um, you know, um sent a statement just saying that, like again, that they there's no process change whatsoever with their baseballs. Um, and that you know, the variance that 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 uh we found is completely you know is completely uh the the normal was over natural handmade product uh again that one you know that 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 difference being one gram and that one gram being um a you know uh, enough to be a precise measurement with which the kbo used you know to to change out their bubble forms so uh and, and a one gram difference being exactly the same kind of difference that i found when they did the original dead ball change so so yeah so so that so the league has has uh ha, ha, you know has done you know one gram changes you know themselves um or, or i should say has has admitted has admitted to one gram changes you know that meredith found um and uh after meredith found it of course <laughs> um and then uh sorry no, I'm just laughing. It's oh, like, okay. yeah, yeah didn't right. admit to it till after right. you and found then, you know, it. And, yeah. and, and, and once again, a, a, a highly uh, respectable league, a respected league, you know, with high level baseball <laughs> um, use, you know, the thing that they call random variance is, is what uh, is what they use uh, as a marker marker precision. So, uh, you know, that's that's wrong with the statement. So I guess I guess wrong with the position is uh, and I'm, you know, paraphrasing editorializing heavily is that 
we just kind of suck at making our baseballs, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and we, and, and the, and the, and the, and we suck in specific production weeks, <laughs> you know, not, <laughs> yeah. not in all the production weeks. Sometimes we're, 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 we're okay. And sometimes we're really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess that's that. But then, and then finally, um, you know, uh, we, you know, get to, I guess, what, how the league responded to um, a player before we dropped our new article. Uh, and that was Austin Slater, the giant shout out Austin Slater, who uh, was, I think, uh, you know, super bold to even just kind of like speak on fully on record about kind of what he experienced. But he wanted to help Dr. Wills. He wanted to uh, send baseballs our way. And uh, you have to read in the last year's article. And so he was on route to doing that. But then somehow the league found out and a very high ranking um, executive within, you know, the within commissioner's office spoke to a high ranking executive in the PA to tell him. Hey, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here again. So, you know, please read the articles. The text messages are there in full. Uh, don't send baseballs to Meredith or outside anywhere. Like, you know, we don't really trust the way the way she's doing stuff. Like, you know, we trust our methodology. Uh, we don't trust that. We don't trust her. Our, our labs are better places for, you know, for doing this kind of work. And, you know, so if you need information, go to no labs, don't, not, not to her. But also, if we find you sending baseballs out, um, we could fire someone. And he's like, whoa, right. <laughs> hang on, buddy. Like, I, right, um, you know, message received. <laughs> and now and, and now I spoke to Austin about it. He wasn't um, he wasn't personally like worried about himself. So he said, you know, because he's a veteran player, you know, he's a starting out. It's, it's hard to fire somebody who's like, in the union. You know, and yeah, yeah. And, yeah yes. he's, he's got the most arguably the most powerful union in the country, like, you know, like uh, on the side. Um, Elisa or, or, or you know, some, some level of a firewall here, you know, when it comes to, I guess, uh, firing. Right. But, uh, what he was worried about, what he was concerned about were, were people, you know, lower in the, on the totem pole, you know, on the food chain. Um, and those are like, say, like puppies, for example, you know, the, and so he, what, what he was worried about was someone's fingerprints, uh, that, you know, did not have the union protection that he did, did and made a lot less money than <laughs> makes a lot less money and will make a lot less money than, than he does in baseball. Like somehow losing their career because he mailed a ball, you know, to the wrong person. Uh, despite this happening hundreds and not thousands of times a day, uh, you know, the, just the, the core action of a baseball player giving someone who's not a baseball player a baseball. <laughs> it happens constantly, you know. When <laughs> yeah, you, all the like time. If you go to a game early if you, you know, if you uh, if you're sitting on along the foul lines, if you are, you know. Um, if you show a post game, if you, if you, you know, if you wait for their car, if you wait for them to walk out of the stadium, you know, the end, you know, the baseballs are sent constantly, you know, like, re, you know, regulation, <laughs> you know, uh, Rawlings baseball sent to the stadium were sent out constantly to, to the people outside. So it was interesting that Meredith was, uh, specified as someone who is uh, a person on the ground, apparently. Yeah. This, this is the first time actually that, that I know for a fact that the league knows my name. <laughs> I've never been mentioned by name before that. Now and, I'm imagining um, um, a child like at a baseball game and Austin Slater hands him a baseball and some like dude in sunglasses shows up and is like, <laughs> now speak loudly into my hot dog and say that you are not sending this baseball to Dr. <laughs> Meredith Wills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, suits. <laughs> yeah the, so the mobbing was uh, was uh, honestly like all this stuff is like is like not it's not like cool, but it's like on this on the amount of like given all the evil that exists in the world, like most of this scandal was like pretty funny. It's like, you know, Rob being sneaky about baseballs. This yeah. is like the most like explicitly immoral thing. It was yeah. like, I'm going to yeah, like, you know, it's... I'm going to screw, I'm going to screw with working class, <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, 
do shining people's cleats. <laughs> you know, they, if, they've uh, never they've never been happy about it. Yeah. Like if you go back and you read uh, Stephanie Epstein's article uh, in SI in 2020, uh, you know, this isn't the first time that there's been some level of, um, I guess, intimidation. Uh, although it hasn't been overt before. What right. shocked me was that it was in writing to the extent that it was and that I was mentioned by name. They've yeah. scared people before. They've definitely scared people before. It's kind of remarkable what some people have done to help me and I applaud them and I'm truly grateful. But I did not like that that this happened. It was, it was awful. I was, yeah, not good. To be clear, the threat worked. It did work, it, yeah. You know, like we didn't get any baseballs from the Giants. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, have players noticed a difference? Because, I, like, when this first started happening, all the players, all the pitchers at least, knew it felt different. And then you had, I think it was last year, Pete Alonso put his tinfoil hat on saying, oh, there's a lot of big free agents this year. Baseball doesn't want offense. But he's so- like so much closer to right than we even thought. Oh, yeah. Actually, I, recall, I think he said, he said it, 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 was it was was it was it was it 2020 or was it last year? But yeah, I remember when that statement came out and when I found the two baseballs, it was like, oh, my God, he's he's got it. <laughs> At the time, yeah. everyone thought he was like going like he was going a little too far by talking about how like oh the league's putting its thumb on the scale because there's a certain free agent class or whatever but like that's kind of sort of a little bit what's happening i mean like it's not what yeah, exactly P, what he's saying he may but, not be he not he may not be correct and accurate on the specifics but broadly speaking he may not be wrong that's what right. i would say <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> And I mean, at very least, this, this year's research like kind of like at least allows yeah. the possibility, you know, that he may not be wrong on the broadness of MLB intentionally directing a specific baseball to specific, to specific places. Well, wow. even even last year, just knowing that, you know, since since the, you know, 2019, 2020 offseason, that MLB made it clear that they were going to be tracking baseballs like from manufacturing to where they finally ended up. And then seeing there were two kinds of baseballs, you know, it, it was kind of hard not to think, all right, they got to know where they're going start to finish. And if somebody's got to know what's being made, you know, to be then sent start to finish. So the idea of the possibility of a thumb on the scale has been there for a couple of years. Right. It's just we didn't see anything in 2021. And like my question regarding that is like. To me, this is the the idea of a, the league's thumb on the scale is a huge deal and an even bigger deal, arguably, than like the Astros cheating scandal, for example, which got like a huge amount, which caused a huge uproar in baseball and still the effects of it still linger today now. And but this is the league. This isn't one team. This is the league potentially doing this. Why do you guys think that this is not getting the same level of like attention or scorn? Like we talked about Aaron Judge earlier in the show and like, ha, 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 the Yankees, ha, ha, yeah. ha. But like that's it's not the Yankees, right? Like it's not the Yankees. This is MLB. So uh, like Bradford, why- I'm going to let you go into it, this. But all I can say for Allison is I think you answered your own question, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just caught that um yeah uh i mean um i think that any institution 
um, may not like an, a more individualized scandal, but they will certainly prefer it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's an easier that that villain. You know, like, like it, it's 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 much easier to be able to scapegoat a few individual individual actors, or maybe at worst a team. You know, and um, rather than something that traces all the way back to the you know central command, so to speak. And that is what our study may in fact indicate. You know, like in that there is in that uh, you know again we know MLB directs where baseballs are sent, and they know and we know that they actually track which baseballs are used before the game starts. So there's no surprises as to you know. Um, as to you know what's circulating on the field not to um, mention you know, the fact that they own the majority now i believe it's the majority but certainly a large percentage yeah. of the manufacturing the company that actually manufactures the baseballs and they control production distribution etc so it's like so so, it's so their baseball like, we just get to play with it so like again you know as obviously Astros Twitter was, was was trying to clown judge a lot but like but as we said earlier aaron judge to our knowledge does not call and ask Hey, Rob, give me the special balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no evidence of that, you know. Need them special like, balls. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> no, no, nor nor did all the playoff teams do that either. You know, like <laughs> give us give us the fun balls. Like, no, like they um, you know, they, they, it is the league with which directs where it's where it's sent. And so, if there is a problem, it is the league's problem, not an individual person's problem, not a team problem. They, you know, you can only play with what they give you. That is what almost every executive told me actually when I was asking them about if they were aware, if they were, you know, about any sort of manufacturing changes here, you know, and they said, not sure, but also at the end of the day, we play with what they give us, you know, like, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, by which, by the way, none of them were, 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 were informed, like no executive I spoke to. And I spoke to like, you know, 10, 15. I was going to say, <laughs> um, I think you, you as like, I recall, like, like G- I the conversation guys. being like, he spoke to them and told them, like, I don't think I'm going to get a different answer and kind of gave up. Oh, you know, I actually, you know what I actually, what happened was I, I <laughs> so you see how the sausage is made in reporting side. Like I, when I was at the GM meetings, I kept, everyone that was giving me a, a very similar answer. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to talk about this anymore because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want it to get back. <laughs> yeah. you know, we, 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 if I can help it, you know, that too, yeah. like, yeah. so, so, so I, I got it. I, I received the quorum, you know, when like, you know, again, P- Pobo and top GM type, you know, executives are all telling me the same thing, you know, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I, got what I, need. I don't need, I don't need 30 for 30 here. You know, like if you don't know, then that's a problem. Yeah. So I yeah, guess for, like from a fan psyche perspective, like it is easier to simply boo Jose Altuve because you think he has wires than it is to like boo. I mean, like to be clear, Rob Manfred has been booed plenty of times when he's been out in the public eye of fans. But like it's easier to like come to scapegoat like a player or a team than it is to be to like reevaluate your relationship to the system, <laughs> which kind of goes like beyond this and like goes to a lot of what we talk about on this podcast. Like it is a lot easier to simply boo Trevor Bauer, who to be clear is terrible and deserves to be booed, than it is to like reevaluate the system that allows his suspension to be reduced, you know? This, this one, this one, I, I, I mean, I hate that I'm segueing from Bauer here. <laughs> anyway, um, what, what, what I don't, I mean, I, I haven't liked it regardless, but what I don't like about this is that player performance will end up getting called into question, even right. though yeah. they got handed 
you know, the ball that they play with. Um, one that, that Bradford had noticed, which, um, all right, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. So finding the uh, commemorative balls, commemorative stamps as being Goldilocks balls. Have you guys seen the picture of Judge's 62nd home run? Is it a commemorative ball? ball? It's a sure commemorative ball, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I, and I frankly, I don't want to find out, but it. it and I can't afford to again, find out because it costs like a million dollars. Yeah. But- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because anyone willing to. So, no, Meredith, hey, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. You'll never, you'll, you'll never know. We will never yeah, find out. No, yeah. we won't. Unless Steve Cohen like buys it and like. Oh, yeah. It. To take it apart? Are you kidding? Even I wouldn't want it. Like, no, sorry. I'm not going to touch that. Forget it. <laughs> like, but. yeah. I mean, Steve Cohen was secretly the owner of the Bill Buckner ball for many, many years. Um, yeah, he was. I did. Yeah. That. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> like, yeah, for a long time, it was just like it, like he was like an it was just like an anonymous fan. Like that's all we knew, like an anonymous person owned the Buckner ball. And it turned out that it was Steve Cohen. And then he gave it to like the Mets, uh, like the museum. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, what? Been- when you think about it, like he's a finance guy and that ball was I think, they, they you know, was a judge offered like three million or something like that or something like you know, at one point it was offered like, you know, in, in the millions, plural, right? Yes. Yeah. And it ended up like selling an auction up for like low, like low one million. It was so like half of what judge offered. I so think that, yeah. that, that, so that's arbitrage, baby. Like you should, yep. you should, you should hop on that. <laughs> like, okay. I'll get, I'll, you know, you got 1.2. I'll give you 1.4. It's mine. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like, yeah. I mean, like, obviously it's, it's like, it's like you said, Meredith, it's like so unfortunate that like, the players are just playing with what they've been given. And like, I don't think anyone except for maybe like Astros fan for 2069 would argue on Twitter (laughs) would argue that judge deserves to have like an asterisk next to his name or his record or anything like that, nor, nor Pujols or anybody else. Like actually one that, that, and this goes for both of them that I, I want people to internalize is, you know, except for, the Yankees, everyone was using a dead ball and not just a dead yeah. ball, but dead balls that were kept in humidors in every single park. This was not just dead. This was like so dead compared to every baseball that has been used in. I mean, I don't even know if the dead ball era dead ball was this dead. Um, and yet he managed even even the Goldilocks ball in the humidor is still even even if it was all juice ball or a live ball. In the humidor, they'd still be dead. There's the reason the Rockies have have one or had one for ages yeah. before this, or you know the the, uh, the Diamondbacks too. You know, so these balls in a humidor are so scary dead, and yet he hit 62 home runs. Um, I want to say it's Jim Albert, who's uh, actually a member of the home run committee, uh, did some comparisons and looked at you know the kind compared the baseballs used this season versus like any kind of previous season. And I think what he came up with was judge would have hit like 75 home runs. If he hadn't had this dead ball stuck in a humidor or the Good Goldilocks Lord. stuck in a humidor. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, so, so this is actually a really big deal. <laughs> Goldilocks ball is still deader than the ball that was used before 2020. You know? Right. Right. It's, 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 like I said, it's, it's less about Aaron judges talents. And more about like, you know, the, the now I think fair question, is, uh, you know, as to like trying to figure out 
you know, why, why there's, there's there was a apparent pattern, <laughs> you know, to, to yeah. the ball distribution, you know, from what we studied, like, because, you know, like the WRC plus, you know, doesn't lie that much, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you, when you adjust it to his peers, it was crazy. Like, you know, how, how many home runs he hit, um, you know, but uh, you, you, what you, what you want is uh, the most level possible playing field, you know, um, and it's very hard to do that. Even if they're, even if you randomize it, when you have more than one baseball <laughs> that you make, right? Um, which, which, is, which goes back to, you know, such a problem. This is that, like, you know, why are you making those yeah. baseballs? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if MLB wants to dis wants like to show that what I've found is, is wrong, like for real, that's fine. Uh, they uh, have game used authenticated baseball somewhere. I will give them a list. And if they can send me stuff, I am happy to use my own methods and take them apart and share everything that I find. Not a problem. But, you know, it's it's easy. It's easy for them to to come in and disprove what I've done. They just don't seem to be interested in it <laughs> in doing that. Yeah. yeah. So what do you predict for next season? Do you think there will be one baseball, two baseballs, four baseballs? Maybe the Mets will have a good baseball. <laughs> um, or what do you what's next on on tap? Will you continue investigating or what do you think? Can Steve Cohen's money buy the good buy, balls? Yeah, my say, column. Can we get, yeah, can we get the Goldilocks balls? Uh, Bradford, do you want to hit this or first or can you repeat the question one more time just so I understand? Um, what do you think? Do you have any predictions for what next, happens next year? year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard. It's so hard to again. I wouldn't have predicted, you know, three balls in circulation. <laughs> um, so <laughs> no, I don't say, think right? anybody um, would. <laughs> um, I think. My guess is that we'll probably see, you know, um, some of those dead balls and some of those, some of what we found, you know, you know, what we're calling the Goldilocks ball, you know, um, in circulation next year. But again, who knows? Like, really, who knows? We're going to, we're going to see, um, we're going to see Goldilocks balls almost certainly because of just the fact that, you know, they were, the, they were a third of production, <laughs> but they only showed up in these very targeted ways. And now that we've done this for, you know, for in year three, just based on like when they were made, these this is the same period of time of balls that are then being used as leftovers in the next year. So yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to see Goldilocks balls in games in a wider scale next year. Um, I have no idea if there's going to be more than one. I don't think there's going to be more than two, at least not manufactured. You know, because even even with the 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 live ball, it was still only a leftover. They still only made two in right. 2022. Okay. But that being said, we're now three years in of them making two different kinds of baseballs for a given production year. And so while I would like it to be that there's only going to be one kind that's made, it seems really important to somebody that they are that there are two baseballs and that they are making two baseballs. And seeing as there's no oversight and they own and run the company, there's if, if it's important to somebody, there's also no incentive to stop. 
Well, can I, I put no Pete Alonso's tinfoil hat on and say that now that Aaron Judge has got paid, maybe the Yankees don't get the Goldilocks ball anymore? We went too far. Who, who they want it next year? Who, who should yeah, they I was going to say, will it be Otani next year or Trout? Or <laughs> I don't know. The Angels did actually have some because of those commemorative balls. <laughs> oh, they true. just didn't. They were, they were just marked. They didn't have as many as far as I can tell. But yeah. I mean, listen, I guess it all depends on if the league has a motivation, what you think that motivation is. Is it is it like money and records and like (laughs) or is it like, you know, will the Yankees just continue to get the Goldilocks ball forever because the most people watch the Yankees and MLB? Oh, this is serious tinfoil hat territory. (laughs) MLB wants those games to be the most fun. I don't know. I mean, you know, like it. I would actually have no issue with them suddenly being like home run derby. Like that makes sense to me in theory or the all-star games. These things don't like actually count for anything other than like for the individual players and like, they're supposed to be fun. Right. So like screwing around a little bit is okay. As long as you're transparent about it, which is the big issue here. But like, yeah, the, the otherwise uh, uneven distribution is where there's a problem. I think. And also using totally, also using different balls for the postseason than the regular season is absolutely bonkers to me. Um, well, they've done that before too, though. Yes, they have. To I mean, heck, they remember twenty nineteen postseason? Yeah, that's the first yes. time that I actually found them using cue balls at the same time. Yep. You know, it's happened before. They just it wasn't this kind of thing for making them the same. Right, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So even mixing baseballs isn't like new, right. at least not, not for the current iteration of of how balls are made and used. Although, did you ever get any of the the London series balls? I remember we talked about those because those are flying when it was the Red Sox and Yankees a few years ago. I did not get any. I got some actually for, believe it or not, for the 2020 London series that was never played. Oh, okay. Um, but based on what I found, I don't think, those were were like special or at least any any more special than you know maybe like what we're seeing with say the commemorative balls now or something um and the newer balls were dead at the time so it wouldn't have been you know i i don't think there were i don't think there were juiced balls under those circumstances like special ones okay um frankly there's also just the fact that it it would be a little hard to do something that's quite that targeted. Um, I mean, you you could, but even even for something like, uh, for instance, the one of the things that that can be kind of convenient for something like, say, the home run derby, is that's one of the few instances where I'm okay with like getting what would be called a commemorative ball, or not a commemorative ball to me, um, a memorabilia ball that you know you can buy directly from Rawlings you can buy wherever because they've got those pink covers and it's would be insanely hard for them to like separate out pink covers to be used in situations where they wouldn't also be the balls you'd see in games right you know the the dye alone would stain people's fingers too much you know so it's it's like if I'm not really sure that if if we'd seen if we'd seen like juice balls just for the, the the london series they would have had to show up somewhere else too oh and okay i haven't seen that yeah just like because what's just like forty five thousand baseballs are made in a given week 
It's a lot of baseballs. Yeah. I also imagine they're not humidoring the London baseballs. Well, they they didn't humidor them for the, the, um, the, when they did the home run derby in, um, in at Coors, they specifically, they they were dead balls that they were used during the the home run derby, but they uh, didn't put them in the humidor. And it turns out that if you take those dead balls and you use them at altitude, not in a humidor, they're actually juiced. Yep. (laughs) There you go. So big surprise. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, before we move on to um, walk-off wins, um, Bradford, uh, tell folks where uh, where they can find your work on the internet or otherwise uh, find you on the internet. Um, I'm still on the dying husk of uh, Elon's midlife crisis, twitter.com. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, at BWD, no, sorry, at BWD, 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 BWD being my initials, Bradford William Davis. Um, I'm on IG as well, bwd.png. I'm not on Mastodon. Don't try and find me on Mastodon. I'm not going to be on Mastodon. Um, and uh, yeah, and as far as my articles, like, you know, they're on Insider, uh, insider.com. Search my name in that and, you know, you'll see what you see. You'll see where I stay. Meredith, where can people connect with you on oh, the internet? I'm TikToking now. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. T- he's, also he's TikTok. TikTok. So, so, yeah. so if, if it's not Elon, it's the government that's going to end my social presence. So. <laughs> well, man, you Meredith. I, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've got the, I've got the various, uh, you know, ma- I do have Mastodon set up, but honestly, like Twitter's mostly where I am right now still. So sorry. And I'm just, uh, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't quite pulled that together, but yeah, so it's, it's at BBL underscore astrophysics with no I, which really just means that people should, should like link from whatever you're putting up because otherwise they'll go crazy. Yes. Yes, I will. I will link both of your socials uh, on our tweets. Yeah, we, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still, uh, we're going down with the ship, I guess could say. Um, but in the meantime, we will uh, wrap up the show this week like we always do where, with Walk Off Wind, where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Dr. Meredith Wills, what is your Walk Off Win? Well, actually, I think I'm going to – I brought this up before the show. I had not intended this to be my Walk Off Win, but it probably counts, which is uh, I have taken the last couple of days uh, now that we you know, have a break, and um, – over the last, I guess it's, it's a little more than a year, maybe 16 months, uh, I've lost 55 pounds. And so I have been clearing out my closet of like a closet, singular, singular, of um, all the clothes that no longer fit because they are so scary big. And it's really satisfying to go through and do that. So I guess that's my walk off with it. Wow, look, skinny. Congratulations. That. Yes, that congratulations. Awesome. That's a yeah. big deal. Especially as Thank we're you. all trying to do New Year's resolutions, <laughs> can can uh, find some inspiration. Um, hey, happy to happy to help. Bradford William Davis, what is your walk off win? Oh, I'm done with I'm done with writing about baseballs for at least a few months. That's my walk off win. <laughs> Heck yeah, you deserve I, a break. I worked, uh, honestly, I just I'm I'm on vacation right now, so I'm really appreciating the. Uh, not the not the same level of intense focus on the subject because uh you know i traveled a lot to do this you know i went to many different stadiums um you know i mean i probably tell the beat writers listening to this i apologize because your your lives are much harder than mine but nonetheless like you know it, it took a lot out of me 
And so it's nice to kind of be just like, you know, resting. I'm back in New York. I'm back, you know, at home. Like, and I really like being at home. Um, I like being out, but I like being at home. I'm not Eric Adams. Uh, like, <laughs> like, um, it's an insider joke, everyone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but this is, this is like a kind of Mets podcast, right? So it's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, so y'all, 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 know, y'all realize your mayor is like never here, right? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, wasn't he just doing like matters. the Bahamas or something? Um, using the Virgin Isles during during, uh, that, uh, you know, bomb, you know, winter bomb thing, you know, whatever, whatever they were calling it. Bomb Bomb cycle. Bomb cycle, yeah. (laughs) I love that that's a technical term. That's awesome. So, yeah, uh, when that happened, yeah. So, and he he had a funny quote about that today. Um, He said, uh, what what, 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 what did Eric Adams say? Um, It was something ridiculous. It was, uh, yeah. I decided to take two days to reflect on mommy. And to watch how you responded to my two days out of the city was really alarming. I deserve good work-life balance like you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Thanks, Eric. That's nice. I like the luxury of a good work-life balance. That's awesome. And he purposely took a vacation to see how the city would react without him? In a crisis? I haven't heard anybody make the Ted Cruz Cancun analogy yet, but please tell me someone's doing it. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, it's, 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 uh, not as severe, but functionally the spirit of it is very similar. So, um, it's, you know, but Hey, um, he wears nice suits. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's my walk up one. Just, just being, being, just being at home, enjoying Christmas, enjoying, 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 uh, friends and family. Yeah. You deserve it. Linda Servich. What is your walk off win for this week? Um, probably similar. Um, you know, uh, Christmas, this was like one of the first Christmases, me and my friends always, you know, every year get together and bake cookies. It's one of our traditions. And the past two years we couldn't, um, bake cookies. So it was the first time in three years because, First in 2020, we obviously couldn't. Then last year, my friend was exposed to COVID right before. Um, so yeah, so it was the first time in three years we were able to all get together and you know renew our our holiday tradition of of baking cookies. And it was it was just nice. Um, I I had, I had missed it, and you know I hadn't seen some of them. I mean, we don't get together as often anymore. So. Um, my friend had a daughter that I haven't seen since she was a baby. And now she was like a human, like walking and talking. I was like, wait, when did this happen? Um, so yeah, so it's just nice, you know, getting back together again, like Bradford said, seeing friends and family that you haven't seen and, you know, just, you know, making those reconnections and eating a ton of cookies. (laughs) Love that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, my walk-off win is pretty much the same. It's just that I had a really low-key, pleasant Christmas with my family, and it was really nice. I I enjoy a low-key holiday. Um, it is not. It's not. It's, Christmas has never been like that big of a deal in my family, but it's nice to just relax and just be in each other's presence and like hang out. And that's what we got to do. And it was nice. We hung out with Michael's family uh, on Christmas Eve, and then my family on Christmas Day. Um, and it's going to be really nice, uh, for, to be back. It's now nice to be back in DC. Um, and yeah, and to have a 
nice, like kind of week in between Christmas and New Year's where things are chill at work. Um, and I can just like relax a little bit. So yeah, it was a really nice holiday and that's my walk up win. Um, so yeah, we already told you guys where you can find, um, Bradford and Meredith on the internet, please read Bradford's article, uh, at insider. I will link it in the show notes and the tweets. Um, you can go to amazingavenue.com to check out all of your Mets related content. Like we said, we'll, we'll, we'll do an update on Correa when, and if that ever plays out, (laughs) um, we will do an update, uh, and we will have all the breakdowns for you over at amazingavenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on uh, Elon Musk's website. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, your podcast app of choice. We are there. Amazing Avenue Audio. We are there. Um, and the original- I just checked Elon's dystopian hell, by the way, and there is nothing here on Korea. So I think we're okay. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, good. It'll happen like, you know, 30 minutes from now after we're done. Uh, I'm no, sure. I, or like at like four in the morning, since that's when that seems probably- to be when the stuff is happening these days because of the East Coast, West Coast time difference. So that's is Steve Cohen still in Hawaii? Does has anyone like clocked Steve Cohen's location? Yeah, oh, can't do that now. That'll get you banned on you. No. Oh, right, right, right. So. We can't track the flights or the <laughs> no, we can't track uh, Steve Cohen's private jet. That's doxing. <laughs> we'll be giving away his assassination coordinates. Just so long as he's not flying southwest, you're fine, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he might be stuck in Hawaii if he's flying southwest, but he's not. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure his jet got off just fine. Um, so yeah, depending on where, uh, Steve Cohen is, I might break at four o'clock in the morning. And if it does, uh, you'll, we'll have coverage uh, of it as soon as we wake up at amazingavenue.com. Um, but yeah, please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. Uh, let's go, uh, hopefully the same baseball in 2023. And don't forget there is no crying in podcasting. Thank you, Meredith. And thank you, Brad. And Happy New Year.